Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from our 2023 Advent series, Christ the True and Better. During this series, you will explore how all of redemptive history pointed to Jesus, who is the true and better man, Son, Deliverer, and King. We hope this helps you understand and apply God's Word in your life today. Uh, I want to take just a couple of minutes to kind of wrap up. For those who are visiting tonight, I know we have a number of folks who are not normally here on Sunday mornings. We've been going through a series that we call Christ the True and Better. And a whole team of guys have been teaching, looking at how Christ is the true and better Adam, the true and better Isaac, the true and better Moses. And this morning we concluded with the true and better uh, David. But um, Sharon mentioned just a few minutes ago, we also had a team of like six different guys that were doing devotions every day. And so we saw another 18 topics in the Old Testament or individual people, Noah and Job and the story of Ruth and how they all pointed forward to and found their fulfillment uh, in Jesus Christ. And this is because actually what we were hoping to help us all remember and to see is it's not a few Bible verses that point to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He is the center of the story. He is the only one that can help us understand how it all fits together. But tonight what I want to take just a few brief moments to talk about is it's actually not even just that the whole of Scripture is centered on Jesus Christ. Really, all of creation, all of human history, all of the new creation in heaven that we're looking for in eternity, it is all centered on Jesus Christ. And life only makes sense when it is centered on him. So I'm going to be <clears throat> looking at Colossians 1, 15 to 20, which is not a typical um, Christmas text, but I want us to see, because Paul here is giving a hymn of praise like we've been singing, but it is about Jesus and how everything finds its fulfillment in him. So we're going to be talking about the fact that we're looking for a true and better Christmas and life, all centered on Jesus Christ. So hear God's word. He, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, in things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This text really is, even though we don't often think of it as being a Christmas text, it's really what Christmas is about. This is what everything else has been looking at is the centrality of who Jesus is. Again, we've been focusing during Advent that Jesus is the center of Scripture. So every person, every event, every institution, they're all real. That. Israel really did come out of Egypt land. You remember a few weeks ago, we had the great song that the choir sang, Go Down Moses, 
Bobby with his staff up front, remember that? He was, he was banging that staff. That's all a real event and it's true, but their ultimate purpose was well beyond themselves. Their ultimate purpose was to point towards someone true and better who is Jesus. He is the true and better hero who is the center of all of scripture and all of it only makes sense when we read it to him. And so I encourage you, one of the things that is so important for us, people get very confused by the Bible, but it's because we go into it looking for the wrong things. If you're going into it looking just for little tidbits of wisdom, they're there in the scripture, but the whole thing is gonna seem quite disjointed. But if we go into it looking for why this universe exists and how it is summed up in Jesus Christ, then we're gonna find that. And we're gonna see that it all fits together. But in Paul's text here, he's letting us know that Jesus is not only just the center of scripture, he's in fact the center of all creation. In verse uh, 15, he refers to him, he says, he's the firstborn over all creation. Now, Paul doesn't mean that Jesus is the first created thing. He's really clear throughout his writings that Jesus is in fact not created, he is the creator. But what he meant is the firstborn is the one who, who got the lion's share. The firstborn is the one who had the place of honor. Um, that the firstborn is the one on whom everything devolves and pointed to in their culture. And so Paul is here saying, look, Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. He is central to all of creation. He made everything. And notice he tells us in verse 16, he made uh, everything. By him, all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, thrones or rulers or powers or authorities. What Paul is saying is, whatever you think of, whatever you can imagine, if it was created, it was created by Jesus. But more than that, he tells us in verse 17 that Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. Christ not only made everything, it is all sustained moment by moment by moment by Jesus Christ. I remember studying in um, a science class at the academy and they were trying to, you know, scientists are trying to figure out how there's a lot of things inside uh, each and every molecule that make them think that it would all you know, go out and everything would just explode and fall apart. Well, why is it not? I don't know the scientific answer, but I know the true answer. Yes, Jesus is why it doesn't all go spinning off into nowhere. He's the one who holds all things together. Whatever we discover in science is really a description of the way that Jesus is working to hold everything together. And so Paul's letting us know this is not about religious life. It's not about spiritual life. It is about everything and everyone. The whole story of creation, the whole story of human history and even history, whatever was before us, uh, is all summed up in Jesus Christ. It only makes sense when we look at it in light of Jesus Christ and see everything as being centered on him. That's why there's all of this fuss every year about a baby that was born over 2,000 years ago, is because it really is centered on him. And Paul goes on and tells us that not only is Jesus the center of this creation, he's the center of the new creation and eternity. 
So notice in verse 18, he jumps ahead and he says, he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So just as he's the firstborn in this creation, he's the firstborn in the new creation. That's part of what is going on in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. Paul's saying, do you understand? God wanted to make sure that Jesus was supreme and no matter what you were thinking about. So if it's creation, Jesus is supreme. Well, what about the resurrection from the dead? Well, Jesus is supreme in that too, because he's the first one. What about the new creation eternity? Jesus is supreme in that. He is the firstborn in everything. And so Christ did not come to start a new religion, to have us sing about baby Jesus, but rather he has come to achieve the supremacy. And the good news is, notice what Paul goes on and says, through him to reconcile to himself what? All things. Everything that was created, everything that was affected by the fall, he has come to reconcile everything to God. And so this means that Jesus is preeminent in the original creation and in the new creation that has already begun. There's a new world coming on. It's not something that's just future. It has already begun through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so not only does our, the scripture only make sense when we look at it through Christ, not only does our own past only make sense when we look at it through Christ, the future only makes sense when we look at it in Jesus Christ. Our culture is very confused right now because we don't think there is an end point. We don't think there is a goal towards which everything is moving. But the scripture is really clear. No, there is a goal. It came from Jesus. It's being sustained by Jesus. It's being redeemed by Jesus. And it's all heading back to him. He is the center of it all. So how do we think about this and apply it today? I, I want to talk just for a couple minutes about a true and better Christmas and to help us think about this. I, I love uh, celebrating Christmas. I, I've come to where I really love it, you know. Everybody's singing all the carols and all the different stuff, you know. And we, we were privileged today to have all of our kids and grandkids over and family time and all of that is wonderful. But the heart of Christmas is Christ. There is no other heart to it. But we've had a tendency in our culture, and I'll say even in the church, to push Jesus off to the periphery. We, so we pick up our Bible, and I'm looking for those rules. I'm looking for it to tell me what to do or not to do. And the Bible does have those things, but that's not what it's about. We have worked to remove Jesus not only from the Bible, and thereby, when we do that, we throw the Bible into confusion. And you can understand what I'm saying. If you're not looking for Christ, the Bible can become a very confusing book very quickly. But if we have him at the center, it falls into place. But we've done the same thing at removing him from uh, the center of creation and history. For the longest time, we even referred to time as B.C. and A.D. And what do we mean by those things? Before Christ and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. But now, if you do much reading of scholarly things, like I spend my time doing, what do we refer to it as now? BCE, before the common era, and then uh, after, the, the, or the common era, CE. That's what we've done. 
And it's a conscious desire to remove Christ from being the center of our time. Uh, Christmas is no longer uh, what is central. Now it is happy holidays. I'm not interested in war over words or any of that, but you notice all of this is just pushing Jesus off to the side. And even when we think about Christmas itself, what is the first thing that leaps to mind for most people about Christmas now? I mean, it's, it's gifts, it's what we're going to be doing. It's really become a time of kind of gifts and greed rather than gratitude for what God has done and what he has given for us, his son. And let me be clear, even in the church, we can easily fall into this. I've got all of my stuff, and if I could have a little Jesus, this would be perfect. But there is no such thing as a little Jesus. He's the center of everything. And it all only makes sense and falls into place when we have him at the center. And so that's why, since we've kind of moved him, there was a... I think it was Yates wrote, you know, the center no longer holds and things fall apart. That's actually what's going on in our culture right now. We're experiencing ever-expanding despair and conflict and anxiety and hatred. Life is out of sorts because what we've done is we've taken that which is center and tried to push it off to the side. It's not that I don't want it, but I don't want it in the center. I want to push it off to the side. But when you do that, the whole thing spins out of control. And Paul's letting us know in Colossians, no, it's not a little bit about Jesus. It's not even just the scripture is about him or religious life. Everything is about him. But I remind us, and I say all this not as a sense of condemning or anything else, because the good news is Christ came to reconcile. And we needed reconciliation because you and I are a mess. We are. All of us, this isn't you are, I am, we all are, we need reconciliation and that's why Christ came, to reconcile us back to God, to put everything into place. Uh, Jesus even at one point said he did not come to condemn. See, he didn't need to come to condemn. We were already condemned. He came to reconcile. He came to save And he came to call us to himself where our despair is replaced with hope, our conflict with peace, our anxiety with joy, our hatred with love. I love that we have those four themes that are woven throughout Advent. Do we need in our culture right now hope, peace, joy, and love? And it is all found in Jesus Christ. And so Tonight is a great chance for us. It's every year we get this chance to begin seeing all of life through him and to say, Lord, I'm asking you to reorient me. Lord, I don't, I don't want a little Jesus. I want him to be at the center because that's when all of life makes sense. That's when all of it works together. So in just a moment, we're gonna do what we do every year. We're gonna sing Silent Night. And it really is, it's a lot of fun to do it. And I was telling somebody before the meeting, I wish everybody could come up here on the stage and see, because when all the candles are lit, lights are much more efficient, but candles are really cool. They look really awesome out there. It's a great tradition. I love doing this, but it's a lot more than just doing a little candle lighting thing. Let it be a prayer saying, Christ, as you have come. And isn't it interesting that we do this at the darkest time of year? 
Okay, Advent is all about light because it is at the darkest moment that light dawns, that Christ comes. And so as we're doing this and we're going to pass it on to one another, um, let it be a prayer and say, Jesus, I want you to be first and foremost in central in my thoughts, that everything I'm doing, Lord, when I'm cooking a meal for my family, when I'm changing a diaper, Lord, when I am at work and I'm working with that employee that is not easy, I want you to be central. I want you to work in me and I want you to work through me to extend hope and peace and joy and love. And that'll be our prayer as we do it. And then tomorrow, you know, as we give gifts, we relax, we enjoy time with family, consciously give him thanks and let it be the first start of a day of saying, Christ, I, I wanna see that you are true and better. Whatever I am seeking, you are true and better. And however we have it in him is where we're going to find the joy. We are so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you have come and we are saved. Lord, not by anything we could do, but by all that you have done for us. Lord, we pray that you would reign supreme in our hearts, in our affections, in our words and our deeds. We ask all of this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I encourage you to receive the blessing of God. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to everyone on whom his favor rests. May all the blessings of Christ fill you, your family, and your home. You are blessed. Go forth and be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.